Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Awesome. Appreciate it, Kat. Hey, crew, my name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and mother lovers in the house and sons of mothers and all that stuff that goes along with it, man. It really does mean a lot to us that you would spend a portion of a special day uh, like today uh, with us. For those of you watching online, including my mom, happy Mother's Day. We love you. Thanks for crashing the party today. And if you're ever anywhere near one of our three campuses, we'd love to have you worship with us in person. Now, I know today is traditionally a day where we gush over moms. Uh, we give them uh, breakfast in bed Maybe, uh, maybe brunch. Maybe you got like a special lunch planned. Uh, after that, some of the moms looked over and was like, you didn't give me breakfast in bed. So sorry if I rustled it up there. Um, man, maybe it's presents. Maybe it's homemade cards. That's kind of how my family rolls. Like my wife would rather have a card that my kids drew than for them to go out and buy a card. I don't know. It's just like that sentimental nature with moms. They love homemade stuff. And so I don't know what you have planned. Um, if it's just now hitting you that it's Mother's Day, feel free to pull your phone out right now and text your mom and uh, say, I did not forget. I was just, I was in church. <laughs> they play the church card. It's like, I love Jesus. I'm in church on Mother's Day. Thank you. Love you, mom. Happy Mother's Day. I'll call you later. Um, man, I, I love today, but um, let's, let's just be honest. I know today's celebratory and everybody's excited. It's great to be with moms and families in the room. Um, but l- let's be honest about where we are. I don't, I don't want to sound tone deaf in the middle of the season that we find ourselves in because uh, the past 12 months have been hardest on one group of people, and that's all moms. Um, the past 12 months, what's happened in our country, what's happened in family, in our personal lives, you know, like it affects everybody. It affects kids, it affects guys and, and students, but like no one is affected on a level that, that moms are affected when stuff goes down. I, I remember talking to moms over these past 12 months, and I mean, even last Mother's Day, we weren't even together, couldn't even gather in, in the room together, and, and so we missed out on that. And I remember talking to moms, and you know, when, when school shut down, we lost rituals, right? We lost moments to celebrate. I remember moms telling me, I'm so disappointed because my, I, have, I have a senior in high school and they're not gonna get their senior year. And I talked to the students and they're like, I'm ready to go to college, man. This is gonna be awesome. I'm excited. Like they don't care. But the mom's like, no, nah, I wanted that. I wanted that graduation. I wanted them to walk across the stage. I wanted that. I talked to moms who planned big birthday parties for their kids. And, and last year, you know, they, everything was closed and, couldn't have a bunch of people over to your house and just so much fear and uncertainty. And so anniversaries got canceled, birthday parties got canceled, graduations. I I had like eight weddings that I was supposed to preach last year and almost all of them got canceled. Big days that that I know everybody loves them. I know everybody looks up for them and looks forward to them, but it just, listen, it affects moms in a different way. And, and you guys know, like, especially if you're a mom, uh, 2020 was really more difficult on you than it was for a lot of other people. Now, if you're not a mom, like, you don't understand. If you're a mom, you don't need an explanation from that. You're like, yes, Lord, he's good. He knows what he's talking about. But if you're not a mom, let me explain to you, like, just some of the insights into how difficult it was last year. In, in, a, in, in the United States, over a million jobs were lost last year, and almost 90% of them were by women. 
more women, more working moms, moms lost their jobs than any other demographic in the entire country. And so there's that uncertainty that, that comes about. And then remember when school uh, got moved to online and immediately parents became teachers, <laughs> homeschool teachers in their homes. Well, studies show that 75% of the families that you know, came home to, to be led homeschool were, were led by their mom. Only 25% of the dads uh, had that responsibility. And you'll, you'll know if those were your families because your kid got held back the next year if your dad was. <laughs> Just kidding. We're going to find out. 75% of moms. Now, on top of their job, on top of everything else that they have to do, 75% of them overnight became homeschool teachers, something that they weren't trained to do, they didn't go to school for, they've never done before. And then you know what happens when that sets in, right? Mom guilt. It's a real thing. Because you're constantly looking at your family, at your kids, at your finances, at your house, how clean it is, how not clean it is, how everything orderly is. And it starts to hit you, I'm not good enough. I don't feel like I'm ever doing a good job enough. Like I'm, my kids aren't doing as good as some other kids are doing and the house is not, a, not uh, cleaned up. And we've been eating McDonald's chicken nuggets for eight consecutive days because I haven't cooked. And I feel like a terrible mom. And all of that begins to hit moms in a way and that, that no one else can, can understand. It was a tough year. I even did some funerals last year that were limited to 10 people at the gathering. And you got moms that are grieving their moms or, or even moms that had children pass away in the past year. And instead of giving the opportunity to, to, to grieve around family members, it was 10 people spread out in a small room that didn't feel personal at all. And the grief has continued throughout that process. Man, this last year has been really tough on moms. So I know today is all about brunch and breakfast in bed and homemade cards and flowers and chocolate. But I want to talk to the moms in today about tomorrow. Because you know what happens tomorrow, right? It's not Mother's Day anymore. <laughs> I know your kids' rooms are cleaned up today, maybe. But tomorrow, they won't be. I know you might, maybe you got a, a special treatment today with meals and gifts, but tomorrow you're going to be the one that steps back into the role of servant in so many people's lives. And so instead of talking about today, I want to give you something. I want to tell you a story from the Bible um, that I believe is going to help you tomorrow and that I think is going to help you over this next season. I want to tell you a story about what great moms do when they face difficult times. I think we can all agree, man, this is difficult season that we've been through, a difficult time for everybody, but, but especially for moms. And so I want to share with you a story um, that, that maybe I would, I'd be willing to bet the majority of the people in this room have never heard of this woman before. But I think she is one of the greatest mothers in all of the Bible. This lady's name is Rizpah. You ever heard of Rizpah? So I, here's the title of this message. You tell me if you like it or not. I sent this to the production team, the creative team. I said, put this on the app. Let's advertise it. The sermon title is Rizpah, the hottest mom in all of the Bible. That got shot down real quick. But let me tell you why. Rizpah's name actually means glowing stone. It means a bright stone. And that name was a throw to her outer beauty. Like this was one of the most beautiful women that lived in all of the kingdom of Israel. The reason why we know that is not only because of her name, but because this was one of King Saul's wives. And 
the king only married the most beautiful women in all of the kingdom. That was the only criteria that a king would use to choose one of his many wives. Like, don't get me started on that. Not what God wanted to do. That's just, that's just what the culture was during this day. So King Saul, one particular wife that he has, his, her name was Rizpah. And literally when her name was spoken, it would be like people saying, that is that hot girl, that blazing hot woman that is married to the king. That was the, the name recognition in Rizpah. And so I want to share the story with you today about Rizpah, one of the greatest, and according to the Bible, don't, don't email me, one of the hottest moms in all of the Bible. If you got a problem with it, take it up with God, not me. I didn't give her that name. So if you have your Bible, if you have your app, let's do uh, the book of 2 Samuel chapter 21, the story of Rizpah. And I gotta be honest with you, this is not a traditional Mother's Day message because this mother is getting ready to face one of the most difficult things that a mother will ever face in her life. And I'm not telling you that because this is gonna be a downer or like uh, you think like, what, what is this story all about? I'm sharing that with you because I know there are mothers in here today that are in the middle of a difficult season that there are still unanswered questions, that there are still pains and heartaches, that we are not out of the woods yet. And I want to offer you some encouragement. I want to show you four things. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to jot these down. They're all in the app. Four things that great moms do during difficult times. Let me set the story up by starting in verse one of, of the chapter. During the reign of David, King David, we just finished a series on David. So during the reign of King David, there was a famine for three successive years. So David sought the face of the Lord. The Lord said, it is on account of Saul, the old king, the previous king, and his bloodstained house. It is because he put the Gibeonites to death. So here's the story. King David is the leader of the nation. He's the leader of God's people. And uh, the nation is having a hard time. Sound familiar? <laughs> because in this particular instance, there is a famine in the land. Well, famine means there's no food. Uh, some historians tell us that, that it was possibly related to a, a low amount of water. So you can't get crops to grow without water. And so not only did they not have food, but they didn't have water. It was a really, really desperate time for the nation. And of course, what happens during a desperate time? Everybody looks towards the leader. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to fix it? All of the people were looking towards David. And David did what probably everybody in this room does when we are brought to our breaking point. David hit his knees and he called out to God. He said, God, what is going on here? The mothers in the room can, can relate to that. How many times over this past season have you called out to God? God, what is going on? God, what do I need to do? God, what's the wisest decision to make? What is the path forward? How can I lead my family well? How can I provide in ways? How can I juggle all of these responsibilities? David was asking God those things. And God told him, he said, there was sin from the previous king, King Saul. And because of what he did, he killed these men inside this, this tribe, the Gibeonite tribe. He said, man, because of, of that, those sins have to be atoned for. And so David did what probably anybody would do. He went straight to the Gibeonite tribe and he's like, look, I, we got to figure this out, man. Like God said, because a wrong was done against you, it's the reason why we're going through a hard time right now. So like, like let's figure this out. Verse four. Uh, so David asked him, he's like, guys, wh what do I need to do? What do I need to do to make this right? How do I need to serve you? How do I need to help you? Like, what do I as the new leader need to do to say, I'm sorry for this so that God will put his hand a blessing back on us. The Gibeonites answered him, we have no right to demand silver or gold from Saul or his family. 
nor do we have the right to put anyone in Israel to death. So they looked at King David and was like, what can we do? I mean, what are our options? I mean, yeah, the old king killed a bunch of our family members and it was wrong, it was not the right thing to do, but what, what do you wanna do? I can't sue him. Like, we can't take his money. There's no way we can pay him back. I mean, King Saul's dead now. Like, what, what are we going to do? And listen to what King David says. What do you want me to do for you? David kind of leaned in because they were, they were saying, hey, this is against the law. This is against the rules. Uh, like, there's nothing that we can do. Our hands are kind of tied behind our back. And King David leaned in. He's like, hey, what do you want? What do you mean? I'm, I'm a king, man. I make the rules. <laughs> Uh, we don't have to obey the rule. I make the rules. I am in charge. What do you want? Anything you want. Like, I got to figure this famine out. God says, you guys are mad, and I got to make this right. Like, I'm going to lose the kingship. People are going to overthrow me. Tell me what you want me to do, and I will, will do it. I'll, I'm the king. I'll break the rules. Verse 5, they answered the king, as for the man who destroyed us and plotted against us so that we have been decimated and have no place anywhere in Israel, King Saul, because of him, let seven of his male descendants, his sons, be given to us to be killed and their bodies exposed before the Lord at Gibbeth of Saul, the Lord's chosen one. So the king said, I will give them to you. The scripture says King Saul is already dead and and so these Gibeonite peoples, they say, "Well, well, King Saul killed our son, so why don't we do an eye for an eye? Why don't we do the same thing? If you will give us his sons, then we will publicly execute them to get our vengeance. We will take matters into our own hands. And so here's exactly what king did. But the king took Armoni and Mephibosheth. If you read it fast, people don't know that you don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, The two sons of Ariah's daughter, Rizpah, who had been born to Saul, together with five sons of Saul's daughter, whom she had born to Adriel, son of Berzilia, the Methelite. He handed them over to the Gibeonites who killed them and exposed their bodies on a hill before the Lord. All seven of them fell together. They were put to death during the first days of the harvest, just as the barley harvest was beginning. Some of you invited your mothers today and you're leaning over to them right now and you're like, it's not usually like this. (laughs) He's usually funny. (laughs) I don't know why this message is so weird. (laughs) Who would talk about people being killed on Mother's Day? Well, right there in the text, we're introduced for the very first time to Rizpah. Because what you may not understand is in the middle of everything that was going on politically is a mom. In the middle of all of the turmoil, in the middle of all of the famine, in the middle of all of the problems, there were real people. And in the middle of this story, we're introduced to a mom named Rizpah. And she just sees and experiences what no mom should have to go through. As one of Saul's wives She now has sons of the previous king and two of her sons are taken and executed publicly with her standing right there. And scripture says that they were posted up on a piece of wood to hang in the middle of the public square so that people would walk by and it would serve as a reminder to the people, don't mess with King David, don't mess with the Gibeonites. You mess with us and this is how you will end up. And in the middle of all of that political turmoil, we see a mom who, as you can imagine, is brokenhearted. And the reason I wanted to tell this story, hang with me, because you're getting ready to see how a mom responds in an impossible situation. You're getting ready to see how a mom, when everything begins to fall apart, 
I mean, physically, emotionally, relationally, financially, her future, everything with her sons being taken from her and killed right in front of her. Everything is falling apart. And I want to show you how this mom responds. And hopefully the lesson that we get today is four things that great moms do when they face difficulties and seasons of hardships. It's all found in verse 10. Let me read it for you. Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, took sackcloth and spread it out for herself on a rock. From the beginning of the harvest until the rain poured down from the heavens on the bodies, she did not let the birds touch them by day or the wild animals by night. Her sons were killed and left outside, and the ritual was that their bodies would be left outside for the birds to come and pick all of the flesh off of their bones. And it would serve as a sign that would embarrass the family. And eventually their bones would fall and the wild animals of the ground would come and take their bones and scatter them. They were not allowed to have a burial. And that's what Rizpah just experienced. Look at how she responds. Write the first thing down. Number one, even in the midst of this, she was devoted to God. Listen to what it says in the beginning of verse 10. Rizpah, daughter of Asai, took sackcloth and spread it out for herself on a rock. Now, sackcloth, that word should like trigger something in your mind because in scripture, sackcloth or burlap was a material that people used during times of repentance. It was during times when they were calling out to God, when they were confessing to God, when they knew they had done something wrong or their family had done something wrong. It was, they would sit in sackcloth and ash and, and mourn. So when we see that this mom came out and put burlap around her skin like she had clothes, spread it out and she would sit on it. It was a sign that she was confessing to God. That in a moment where everything was falling apart, the first thing she did was go to God. First thing she did She didn't go to the king. She didn't go to her friends. She didn't go to everybody else that didn't have anything else to do with it. She went straight to God. When her heart was broken, she went to God. When she had questions, she went to God. When she didn't know what to do, she went to God. When the future was uncertain, she went to God. She began to confess her sins to God. Who knows? Maybe she was confessing the sins of her son or the sins of her husband to God. But she said, look, during difficult times when things like this, the answer is found in God. Run towards him, go towards him. So she spread that sackcloth out in in front of her and sat on that and had a serious conversation with God. I don't know how many times that has happened to you. If you're a mom in this room, I know that has been on repeat for the past season. But I wanna challenge you when you are standing face to face in a difficult time where you don't know the answers and you don't know the whys and you don't know how longs and you don't know how you're gonna make it and you don't know what you're gonna do next. I wanna challenge you to do what Rizba did and to fully devote yourself to God. Go to God first. Take those pains to God. Take those requests to God. Go to him first. Rizba started out by that. That's what great women do, great moms do in times of diversity. Second thing is this, uh, she was dedicated to her family. Second thing, write that down. Not, Not only was she devoted to God, but she was dedicated to her family. See, even after her son's death, she did not turn their back on him. Everyone else in the town, that was a complete embarrassment for them to be out there. But Rizpah stayed right there. 
She stayed next to her son. She wanted to honor her family even after they died. She said, what I couldn't do in their life, I will do in their death. And so she just stood there and stayed out there right beside her family, dedicated to them. Hey, the, 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 the tendency over this past season maybe has been to turn inward or like I, I need to figure out how I need to do life and how I need to change and how I need to figure out what's going on in the world. And while everyone else tends to turn outward, mothers begin to turn towards their family and they begin to put their kids in front of themselves. And they begin to ask questions like, what's best for them? What do I need to do for them? How can I help them? How can I keep the family together? How can I make sure we're all making progress? Like even in times of uncertainty, great moms stay dedicated to their families. Their kids are still top priority. They're still serving, still sacrificing. Even if I have to quit my job to go home, even if I have to be the one that goes home and teaches the kids school and does homework with them and works with them and flashcards and like, I don't know what I'm doing, but we're gonna figure it out together because that's how dedicated I am to you. That's how much I wanna see you succeed. That's what moms do. And that's exactly what Rizba did. When everyone else ridiculed her, when everyone else would walk by and it's like, why is that crazy lady still out there? Why doesn't she just leave it? Does she know her, her kids were criminals? She stood by her family no matter what. She was dedicated to them. Third thing is this. She was protective against predators. Did you catch that? It's really graphic what scripture says. In the last part of verse 10, it says, she did not let the birds touch them by day or the wild animals by night. See, that was the design of this gruesome death. The bodies would hang outside and the birds would pick them clean. And they would never be buried. They would not have a proper burial, which would bring even more shame to the family's name and even more duress in the heart of the mother. But scripture says that while her sons were out there, Rizpah stayed right by. And during the day when the buzzards would come, she would shoo them away with a stick. And at night when she was sleeping, if she heard the bushes rustling, she would get up because she didn't want any kind of wild animal to take the bodies away. She was protecting them from, from predators. Now, we probably don't have to do that with our families today, but don't, don't be confused. There are ways that moms protect their kids in a lot of different ways. Uh, I've told you this story before, but I got to remind you because it's Mother's Day. I love it. Um, when I was growing up, when I was in high school, I played tennis. And um, so my mom would travel to all of the games with us. Now, I really wasn't that good at tennis, but I was a really good trash talker, okay? My whole approach to the game is, I can't compete with you physically, but if I can get in your head, then I've already beat you. And so I beat a lot of people that I was nowhere near as good at simply because I knew how to run my mouth and I knew how to get in their head. So one particular away game, we were at this field. I'm talking trash. I'm trying to get into the head of my opponent. I end up winning. I thought we were done. We're on our way out to the parking lot. Let's go to Wendy's on the way home and celebrate. All of a sudden, I'm walking by the team, and we're walking by the courts, and out of nowhere, I hear these footsteps behind me, and someone pushes me in the back, and I like fall forward, like almost falling. And it was the guy that I had played just a couple hours earlier. And now he was still upset. I didn't realize this. He was still upset that I had been trash talking so bad and that I had beat him. And so he's trying to literally start a fight in me, with me in the parking lot. He's looking at me. He's like, why don't you say something now? Come on, kid. Why don't you say something? Now? Say that to my face now. 
kid you not, I didn't know what I was going to do. My mom, mom, put it in the chat right now that I'm not a liar. My mom comes over my back, grabs this kid, this 16-year-old kid by the shirt, pushes him up against the fence. We're at the high school tennis match, man. My mom jacks this kid up against the fence and she said, hey, typical mom fashion, you need to chill out. And, like, this kid, the, the, the color goes all out. of Like, he does not know what happened. You want to see a sweet, petite, southern belle turn into your worst nightmare in a split second? <laughs> you say something about my mom's children. And so my mom just, like, drops him. I'm like, calm down, <laughs> release. <laughs> my mom drops him, pushes him away. He walks away. And, like, I say, I'm like, that's what I thought, right? I'm, telling, I'm trying to say it. <laughs> that's what I thought. My mom says, shut up and get in the car. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Every away game after that, sometime on the bus ride, it would come up. You remember that time Nathan jacked that kid, Nathan's mom jacked that kid up on the fence at that away game? You don't want to mess with Nathan's mom. I don't know if your mom's like mine, super protective, but did you know that moms have a responsibility to protect their kids for more than just bullies at the tennis court? Maybe you don't have to protect your kids against animals, but did you know that there are things that are trying to divide your family? Do you know that Satan is working in ways to try to, to get in between you and your relationship with your spouse and, and, and your relationship with your kids? Did you know that your kids have a target on their back and that part of the responsibilities of moms is to be the spiritual protector, the emotional protector, sometimes the physical protector when the tennis match goes wrong? So, so don't, don't think that this doesn't apply to us because Satan would love nothing more than to mess your family up. And for some of you moms, he knows that's the way straight to your heart. That he's not gonna mess with you, but if he can mess with your kids, then that'll bring you to your knees. And that's exactly what Rizpah's doing, but she is diligent just out there protecting her son, even after their death, standing up for them, protecting them from the predators that are around them. And there are predators after our families today. And so we got to be diligent to stay on top of that. We got to be diligent to keep that on the forefront of our minds as we move forward as parents. Fourth thing is this it's what great moms do when times get hard. I want to encourage you. She refused to quit. Rizpah refused to quit, even when it got hard even when she didn't understand it, even when the prayers were going unanswered, even when she was uncertain about the future, she refused to quit. Look at this part of verse 10. It says, from the beginning of the harvest till the rain poured down from the heavens on the bodies. Now, without a little research, you, that, that sentence doesn't mean anything to you because it's, a, it's an agricultural term. What the author just told us is that that mother Rizpah stood out there day and night for over six months. Every morning, she was out there shooing the birds away. Every night, if she heard a, a howl off in the distance or heard something scurrying in the bushes, she would get up to protect her two sons. There was nothing else she could do. She didn't have a place to bury them. She didn't know where else to go. No one would listen to her. No one cared. But for six months, day and night, she stood vigilant. For six months, she stood by her family, never quitting. 
And I know there are some moms in here that you've been through a tough season. And I'm glad to look at you today and say, you, you still haven't quit. You didn't quit. You're still pushing through. We're not out of it yet. Understand life is hard. It's difficult in your home. It's difficult outside of your home. But you, have, you know exactly how Rispa feels to be up praying, to be calling out to God, to, 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 to be dedicated to your family no matter what happens, to feel like you are the gatekeeper. You're on the front lines protecting your kids, protecting your family in any way that you know how. And yet for six months, nothing changed. For six months, nothing happened. Day and night, she continued to do the same thing. You want to know why? Because in times of difficulties, good moms refuse to quit. Good moms refuse to stop praying. Good moms refuse to turn their backs on their families. Good moms refuse to take no for an answer. They will continue even when everyone else has quit. They will persevere. Maybe you got a story like that with your mom. And maybe you're a mom that you find yourself in the middle of that right now. And so I wanna, I wanna close this message out by giving you some encouragement. Here it is, you ready? I want you to grab onto this. This is Monday morning stuff that you gotta remind yourself of. Last thing is this, hard work pays off in due season. Let me show you how this story ends. Verse 11, when David, the king, was told what Aya's daughter Rizpah, Saul's concubine, his wife, had done, he went and took the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from the citizens of Jabesh-Gilead. See, that the bones of the previous king had been stolen and taken off somewhere else. David brought the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from there and the bones of those seven men that had been killed and exposed, and they were all gathered up. They buried the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan in the tomb of Saul's father Kish at Zela in Benjamin, and did everything the, com the king commanded. After that, God answered prayer on behalf of them in the land. Six months, day and night, the mother refused to give up. And one day, somebody that was friends with the king said, Hey, King David, have you heard about Rizpah? It's this mom. Remember those guys that were killed, those seven men that were killed? It's the mom of two of them. And do you know for the last six months... She stayed outside. You're not going to believe this. She's in sackcloth praying and calling out to God. And even though people walk by and make fun of her and point at her and say, man, you know, what a prude. Like, I can't believe you're still there. Why don't you just get over it? Why don't you just move on? Why don't you just focus on you, your life and whatever you want to do, your future? You know, everybody made fun of her, but she stayed there. And she protected them. And all she wants is to honor her sons. And she was willing to put her own life on hold for an entire six months just to try to bring some justice to the situation, just to try to bring some closure, just to try to bring some honor, just for the sake of her sons. She just wanted to bury them. Can you believe that? And scripture says that King David's heart was moved so much. Check this out that he took all of the bones of the men and buried them in the royal cemetery. Now, this would have been the highest honor that a person could experience, to be buried alongside kings that had led the nation of Israel. It would be like if a person serving in the military today had the opportunity to be buried in Arlington National Cemetery. Incredible honor for service. You want to know why that happened? Because those two boys had a mom 
that were devoted to the Lord. They had a mom that was dedicated to her family. They had a mom that was fiercely protective over the family and ward off predators day and night. And they had a mom that refused to quit. And if that is you, I promise you, I do not know when the season ends, but I can tell you that the hard work will pay off. I'm telling you that God hears you. Your prayers are not going unnoticed. You may not know when the answer is coming, but God hears you and God sees you. So for those of you that are praying for a son or a daughter that are far from God right now, keep praying. God hears you and he sees you and your hard work will pay off. For those of you that are in the middle of a difficult situation right now, completely overwhelmed, finances, maybe you lost your job, maybe you had to quit your job to take care of the family, the responsibility now is on you and you've been stretched in every different direction. You're thin as a piece of paper right now and you feel like giving up, but don't because that's what great moms do in times of difficulty. They stay devoted to God. They stay dedicated to their family. They're fiercely protective of the predators that are trying to tear what they have apart. So remember that. Remember that. Don't quit. Stay diligent. Continue to pray. Continue to pray. I don't have my phone with me. If I did, I'd show you a text message that I got from my mom this morning. Every Sunday morning, my mom texts me and she says, I prayed for you and for the message and for everybody that's going to hear it. And you may not know this, but there have been people's lives that have been changed by Jesus through our local church. Not because some dude got up here and preached a slick sermon, but maybe because a mom was on her knees praying for people that she'd never met. A woman that was devoted to God, that was dedicated to her family, that would stand in the gap and protect everyone at all costs and would never stop praying. So moms... Thank you. You know who that reminds me of? Jesus. Always putting others in front of himself. Always serving. Always loving. Never, never giving up on those, even when it was easy to give up on us. God never did. And he sent his son Jesus to die for us, to save us from our own sins. Man, what a great Mother's Day gift that would be for you to realize how much Jesus loved you and for your life to be changed, for you to accept the gift of salvation today. For all the moms, thank you for reminding us about Jesus. Thank you for modeling Jesus to us every day. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks for your dedication and your devotion, your changing lives. Please, please don't stop. Let me pray for you. God, thanks for this example from Scripture, a powerful woman of God. God, thank you for the women in here that are devoted, that are dedicated, that are focused, that persevere even in the face of uncertainty. And God, through these women in here, I pray that you would raise up another generation of women that saw it in their mother 
that can one day look back and say, this is what my mom taught me to do. I always remember my mom was devoted to the Lord above everything else. I always remember how my mom was dedicated to her family. She always served and loved others before herself. I remember how protective my mom was of me, both spiritually and emotionally and physically. I remember my mom's grit, her perseverance. She never gave up. God, raise up another generation of women who have been impacted by godly moms like that, that know how to stare adversity in the face and say, God is still good and I will still trust and I will not give up because I know one day the hard work will pay off and I'll see God's hand move in a supernatural way in my life and in the lives of those around me. God, thank you for those women. Breathe some life into their sail today, some encouragement into their heart and soul on Mother's Day. Pray those and ask, ask those things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.